Let's have a look at our simply collapsing, Mikey. This is this must have been in the can for quite a while now. Because um, I think I was, I was speaking to either yourself or or somebody else, um, was saying that you, you were putting this together maybe about January or, or late last year. Yeah, it was, it was started in early December, and then we recorded through to uh, early February. But we had some problems, like um, studio breakdowns and stuff, but also the. Um, the company that owned the studio went to receivership right. and uh, all our stuff got locked in it, including the master tapes, um, a couple of days before we were supposed to finish, which was a little bit of a shame. Then we had to, you know, all these lawyers and stuff were fighting and stuff, and we finally got our stuff out of there. And then we had to wait a month before we could go into another studio, and then we finished that off. Just a couple of days, sing, sing. Yeah. And then we took it up to do some mastering in uh, Sydney. Yeah. And we had to get it remastered because it didn't work out the first time. And then uh, finally it was all finished by April. Oh, okay. Something. Yeah, so, yeah, it took ages, but, yeah. Yeah, well, um, and you also worked with the guy from the Mavis, who did the Mavis' Pink Pills album, Caldew. Mm. Uh, Caldew Tonema. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really cool. He's actually uh, married to um, the drummer oh. the Mavis's. Oh, I see. Yeah. celebrated from Effigy the self-titled album is that how huge the production is like just the bass the area is just woofy well, we've got even bigger this time I think you reckon oh you think oh, I think we've, we've copped out on the bass department no 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 no. I just I, like I, I think like um, Cal's bass mix is like you don't even need those sort of loudness buttons on your stereo it's huge the big loudness button are those loudness buttons funny oh they're, they're, not, they're nothing they're just um <laughs> I think what the companies do, they take the little frequencies out and then they have like a button saying it was super bass system and then you push the button and then it all sort of comes back and you go, oh wow, yeah. I've got this area. Absolutely. <laughs> so you reckon this, um, the new album is fatter than, than the Effigy original? Ah, uh, well, I don't know, I, it, it, there's, there's a lot more stuff on stuff, a lot more time to, to spend on mixes. Um, I, just, I, I think it's better. Yeah, yeah, ah, oh, for sure. Better. And, you know, more money spent, so yeah. <laughs> it's got to go somewhere. And, um, Hopefully, uh, pushes the quality up. Yeah. Well, something else which is the obvious thing between the two albums is, um, uh, yeah, Annie not being around and Cabina um, mm. arriving on the scene. Tell us about Salpus. Like Salpus? Her, yeah, her original band, the Melbourne version of Salpus. Well, they were a rock and roll high school band. Oh, um, okay. Well, I think, um, <laughs> that's about all I know, really. They, she played around with them for, for ages, they got some good supports with bands like Sonic Youth and stuff. Yes, uh, sort of a, a cult phenomenon on the uh, Melbourne scene for a while, I think.
about other instruments? Because um, both yourself and Jason sort of um, have been known to reach over for a keyboard, and lately you've grabbed a harmonica. Yeah. Uh, a, well, we'll uh, get we'll get to the harmonica in a sec. But does Kavina play anything um, pe- peculiar? No, it's not really. It's um on the album. Yeah, it's mainly uh, it's mainly me and and Jason sort of mucking around with things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'm quite happy with the album. Like it's uh, you know good to do like not just harmonica and things, but uh, different sorts of guitar playing, like slide guitar, and uh, yeah, cause I really enjoy that. And yeah. uh, you know keyboards, piano. It is something that's definitely noticeable about um eccentric collapsing is the range of sort of instruments and you know jangly bits to the full-on driven bits. Mm. Yeah. No, it's a, yeah, it's a, I mean that's sort of a, I mean that that comes down to sort of production. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when you have a, a bit more money, I suppose you can. Um, you know, uh, with the first album, sort of like it was all worked out in the live sort of thing. But, yeah. You know, I spent ages in my bedroom on my little eight-track recorder, sorting it all out. So it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot more time to get songs right. Yeah, it's also really obvious, I suppose, looking back now on the first album and um, and seeing how uh, you know, tracks like Small and lots of the live favourites, which you played for ages bef- before that album, and how it fits in with the stuff you wrote for the album, you can actually see them bumping up against each other, whereas the new one, it's a, as a flow, it's a really good flow. Mm, yeah, well, see, yeah, it's, uh, it's the ones that are like full studio productions on that first album. Like you say, just, yeah, we couldn't play live afterwards anyway. I, I found hell or something. Yeah, Which yeah. I was trying to play that a couple of times live, but... Right. Mm. But, uh, I don't know, yeah, it's, it was a strange, strange album to do, because, you know, with the second one, like, your first one, you, you, starting as a young band, and you got lots of, um, uh, you know, lots of time to work these things out, and then suddenly you just have to start writing new songs for the second one. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But uh, what I pretty much do is just, you know, kept it all a, a secret and stuff, and then um, uh, brought the tape along to um, some rehearsals about a month before we started doing the album, just to keep everything fresh. really happy with Suspicion Dolls as well, how it's completely taken off. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> we, we hoped it would. It was, um, it was a hard song to get through. It was like, that was the one that was, uh, when we got locked out of the studio, that was the one that was sitting there half finished on the uh, mixing desk. <laughs> I was just, oh God, we, we realised at the time that this was going to be, you know, uh, quite a big single. And um, it looked like we weren't going to get a chance to finish it. Uh, so, yeah, looking at um, something else on the album, and a, a track that I had on the sample for quite a while, Misfits, mm. which I think I read on some bio sheet somewhere that it's been termed as a, a traditional 1950s love song or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that a Rail Company bio? Yeah, something like that. I think that's <sighs> what I have it here. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose it's yeah. got some of that doo-wop sort of thing about it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there anything, um, what's what's it look like being the second single? What does look like being the second single? I'm pretty sure it's going to be caught. Oh, great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Excellent. I mean, that, that's that's probably the, the song that's closest to um, um, anything off the first one. I find it's a bit, like, um, small. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And um, getting those sort of hand claps going as well. Yeah, yeah. We've got that also, that live stuff with the sampling and stuff like that. So. Right. Yeah, because yeah, that, that was a bit of a problem for a, a little bit there at the start, wasn't it? Like, trying to integrate the keyboards and drums in with them. Um, yeah, yeah, it was like, um, for a band that, you know, we, we started off, like... Yeah, there was no technology whatsoever. We were kind of rough. I mean, I was listening to too much birthday party at the early state of our, um, you know, live performances. So it was like, yeah, the nasty guitar sounds like it's fine. And now it's uh, getting a little more slick as I um, sort of find out what to do with my guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, it's, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a teething sort of stage, but they were actually using um, a uh, DAT player now. Oh, okay. With all the um, information on it. With the triggers ready to go, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's it. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's all been recorded onto a sampler and arranged and things, and then we dropped it to a DAT. So it's, uh, yeah. Mm. It's just, um, it's not so much. It's not so much easier. It's, uh, you know, sound-wise, it's just um, easier for transportation and things like that. For sure. Samplers can get, and they're quite delicate and they're quite large. sitting around and playing in your head for quite a while now, but um, is there something which uh, you can't get out of your head from the album? The, the Pete Hardman pick from, from Century Collapsing? Um, I'm really happy with um, Rose Thorns. Yeah. I think that's a big guitar epic thing. So I hope people will like that. But uh, I think well, one of my favourite ones is that Civilised one, the, the last track. Because oh, okay. it's just so... It's just out there. It winds in and out, doesn't it? Yeah. Nice. It's, it's, a, it's a strange song. It goes from that sort of rockabilly sort of thing to um, that sort of Kurt Weill sort of German cabaret sort of music, which is, um, I, I really like it. I like the stops and the starts. And I'm hoping it'll freak a lot of people out. Right. I think it's one, one track that'll polarise sort of people. They'll review it and just go, oh, I like the pop stuff. It, Christ, that's pretentious as all fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 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 